Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So baseball is fun. Spring training. Yeah, all of a sudden there's there's scores. There are things happening. Well, I mean, there are things that I do and don't need. I I don't actually need them to keep score. Like I would little league this, no problem, right? <laughs> yeah. But I, like like the Twins. You know, we're gonna talk about the Twins. The Twins tweeted out like first win of the season. Like no, you didn't win. It's I not. Mean, it, I guess, but it's not the season. This is preseason. <laughs> like it doesn't mean anything. That's not what it's about. All we, as we know from fantasy baseball, it's about information gathering, pure, mm-hmm. unadulterated information gathering. That's all you can do. Yeah. Like, can Fernando Tatis play? No, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> and when were we going to find that out? We weren't going to find that out until spring training started. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah. Man, you're just so lucky, aren't you? It's fine. It's fine. I mean, what? What are you going to do? Who is the replacement player? Who is replacement level for Tatis in TGFBI? Oh, I mean, right. You go you go from literal pick one to your first best player is number thirty, right? It's an ins- <laughs> like I mean, and and let's just say okay, let's just say that I wasn't dumb and picked him at number one. Let's say I was smart and picked him at number two. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like my best player now is number twenty nine. It's like not yeah. that much better. <laughs> like somebody in the first four in your TGFBI league is now stuck with their best player being worse than number twenty five yeah it could be well it could be freddie freeman but it's me but you i mean but again as you cautioned me long before i made that pick this can happen i not even could it was like well when you knew he was gonna miss time right so so you just have to assume that this is the price that you pay so i I just pulled up tgfbi i i went to a league league eight that had someone who drafted tatis first Guess what shortstop they picked at 30? Who? Your old flame. Tim Anderson. <laughs> That's a really interesting first and second pick. <laughs> You're going to get like 220 at bats? I mean, that, 220 games started from the That's two of a those person guys. who knew. They were like, yeah, this is one person. <laughs> you, just gotta ho- you just really have to hope that they really are. It's like Tim Anderson will be there. When Tatis is not. Seriously, what? And vice versa. What? What was? I mean, I guess you're thinking like I got a utility spot and a middle infield, so I'm just gonna lock those in. <laughs> okay, just, go for it. I will lock down half of. I'm those. gonna watch that team. That's gonna be really interesting. <laughs> Ooh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. All right. Also in the sports zeitgeist, March Madness. Mm. The only thing I want to say about it is that I'm not interested in it, uh, except for yeah. our alma mater got bounced in the first round, but. This is the, is this the highest that they've been ranked that they were seeded since '94? I you don't ask me. I have no idea. I don't know. Um, probably, but they look. Yeah, that was the best chance they're gonna get. Yeah. yeah, but why are they going to Milwaukee to play a home game? Almost anywhere in the country, you would have had people rooting for Colgate as an under underdog. 
that well, was Well, yeah, and I mean, actually, going in at a going in at a twelve five, you know, one of the classic upset picks would have been pretty good for underdogs, wasn't it? Twelve five, wasn't Colgate at twelve? No, it was thirteen. Oh, was it fifteen? No, thirteen fourteen. Was it fourteen three? Uh, okay, fourteen three. Well, shows you how much attention I was paying. I only I only filled out one bracket. I'm doing as terribly as everybody else because <laughs> I never I never do well at this. No, but you have to fill out a bracket because it's an incredibly compelling statistics problem. Yeah. Because yeah, you yeah, want yeah. to see what the distribution of whatever whatever pool you're in is going to look like. I mean, I think like the ESPN pool is like one of the most fascinating statistical samples out there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, they have so many in there. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the amazing, it's the power of the power of two, right? Because you're like, what are the odds that I'm going to get a bracket correct? And you're like, none. <laughs> like, <laughs> zero. <laughs> Think about a really, really small number and then divide it by a million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's great. I mean, I think I think along with other things that just sneakily promote statistics awareness in the world, that's it, Adelaide <laughs> Tournament is one of those, right? Especially because now they're like, um, well, I guess they're giving you the percentiles now, which but gives it a little bit of a help. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, let's uh let's pivot to some some tools here. This week, we're going to talk about roster prediction, and we set up a little competition here that I think we can just call, it's probably going to be a recurring series, I feel like, uh, man versus machine. In this case, uh, for roster prediction, we have a lot of things that are happening in the MLB right now. We're in a unique year where so much movement is happening right now, and what we really need to be able to do is, is predict the impact for individual players on them going to a different team. But be able to, yep. to do that, what we really need to know is where they're going to bat in the order because that tells you how many plate appearances they're going to get. Mm-hmm. So we posed a little bit of a friendly competition here where we're going to attack the problem in a head-to-head sense. I let you pick four teams that you were interested in talking about that maybe have had some yep. upheaval for various personnel upheaval for various reasons. Um, and I designed an algorithm that's trying to predict the typical lineup and we're going to have to argue about you know what what the use of a typical lineup is in a little bit sure yeah yeah it gets really hard especially as looking up you know just left hand versus right hand yeah home versus away you know all that stuff so i actually realized this is extremely pertinent this year because the in addition to all the upheaval that we're having of where people are going where guys are going we have we have 15 more hitters in a in every yeah. lineup with the DH in the NL. So like yeah, the whoa, DH is really going to impact that. We're going to have to yeah. address that. It's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. So I was hoping that some sort of auto predictor could help us figure out what lineups would look like. Um, but today's objective is to discern does the algorithm work? Does the algorithm that I designed work? Does it tell us does it pass the smell test? Are we getting close to realistic lineups? Is there something? And then the stretch goal is, is there something we can learn from these that doesn't entail you or me looking at and manually moving guys around? Right, 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 right. Because that's what's going to have to, that's what has to happen right now. And we don't want to do that. Yeah, I want to do as little work as possible. All right, so I'm going to ask you to introduce the teams that you picked and how you set the lineups just globally. And then we'll go through them. Okay, so I've got Minnesota, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, and Boston. It seemed like a 
it seemed like a good group because Minnesota and Boston just added all-star shortstops yeah. who are going to be um, going to be contributors. And then Atlanta has this really weird question of losing two of their most important hitters from opening day last yes. year. And it's, whew, how is it a question mark? There's aspiration. There's aspirational <laughs> rosters, uh, batting orders. And then they're like, this is what we're really going to have to do, guys. So it's an interesting one to think through. And then the other one that I, I've been kind of interested <laughs> in is Pittsburgh because, I mean, do they have three and a half major league players? I'm, I mean, I... <laughs> I was scared when you picked Pittsburgh because this is a natural fail spot for an algorithm that's based on things that happened in the past. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really tough one. And, but also a really interesting one because you're, I think that you're going to get some value out of one through four. Absolutely. Still, no, we saw, we saw value out of one through four, one through three in Pittsburgh last year. So there was a lot of value and, and then they sold that. him right on purpose. Yep. <laughs> so, so maybe you're not gonna maybe you're not gonna can they do it again yeah exactly so i think so being able to predict guys uh teams like that is very compelling yeah and then your last one boston home team well i I mentioned minnesota (laughs) yeah yeah. boston but yeah 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 boston is it's the last one i have listed here on our on our cheat yeah so i i was also hoping and i mentioned this to you that we could use this roster predictor as a uh, as a way to look ahead for for a variety of reasons so maybe an in-season trade happens okay if that happens mm-hmm. can we predict the impact immediately or if we wanted to get to a really granular level i know this guy's got an off day coming up what does the lineup look like when he's not in it like can i predict like a lineup when okay i mean i'm looking <laughs> looking at the red Sox. i guess jd martinez is he in it well he plays every day Christian, Va- well, ca- every catcher, right? Yep. Every catcher is a sub out position on some level. That's going to happen. So yeah, wh- yeah, yeah. what happens to the lineup when Christian Vasquez doesn't play? And that's, and today we're going to talk about. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. Or even more, more important is like this person hit the um, IL. What are we calling it? I forget. This person hit the IL. Yeah. Who's going to come in into their spot? Let's say we feel pretty confident that, you know, that manager is just going to trade the number three hitter for a new number three hitter just to keep the continuity for the rest of the thing like you have to own that player right you want to take a look and see if you should own that player yeah so i absolutely so i want to be able to do things like that that's kind of the the big picture goal so all right uh do you let me introduce the algorithm and then we'll talk about you can tell me how you did it and then we'll compare so the algorithm looks at every lineup that happened in 2021 looks at every single lineup in every single game it tabulates how many times a guy appeared at an individual spot in the lineup we've seen that before so then what i did to to combine these is i mixed the players into the correct teams (laughs) so i said okay well we know we know who the we know who the nine or ten guys that were interested in atlanta we know who they are so i'm going to put them all in a you know put them all in a box shake it up and see what comes out so what i did is i built every conceivable lineup so which is which ends up being like six thousand combinations for each team (laughs) because because it's like every guy that batted first you make a list of them and then every guy that batted second you make a list of them and then you do and so on and so forth and then you do every single permutation and then oh but you're only using who who showed up at some point in time at some point in time so you you have 100 so right so we're going to get to the limitations so of the 162 games you know how many times they started at each 
roster spot at each batting order spot and to come up with a cumulative score for the most likely uh the most likely lineup what i did was i took the fraction of games that they appeared at that spot and summed them all up so this says so this is what i'm calling like the maximum likelihood lineup so this is the lineup that had the highest probability of if you combined all these guys of the highest probability of appearing and that score is given uh, right before my lineup here so you can you can use this as a measure of certainty the spoiler alert is that we are extremely uncertain about what the minnesota lineup is going to look like <laughs> pretty certain <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty certain what pittsburgh is going to look like a little less so about boston and a little less so about atlanta and a lot less about atlanta if you cut out acuna <laughs> Oh, if yeah, Acuna yeah, doesn't yeah, play, yeah. the lineups go out the window. But so that's the algorithm. Um, I, I I also wrote an, an alternate version where it'll spit out the you know ten most likely lineups, and you can start to see the patterns emerge. So you can say, okay, well the ten most likely lineups are just shuffling the seven, eight, nine guys. Yeah, I I see the, I that this is going to be yeah. two, three, four, five, and then let's we'll work around that. Yeah, but I think but. But that's still interesting, right? I mean, we we talk a lot about Helpful. like don't have a guy yeah. who's going to bat after fifth in your lineup probably for fantasy. But should we still be able to keep? I mean, there is still a difference between batting seventh and batting ninth, right? And if you're someone uh, who for some reason is in left-handed platoon, yeah. you're batting first and then you're batting seventh. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to see. Yeah, you're going to show up. So we're going to have to. Go. I have to address that. So anyway, so I told you, so this is the maximum. So I'm reporting the maximum likelihood lineup. How'd you decide your lineup? Is this just pure manager style? Like, I feel good about this guy? <laughs> I, I took it. I, I put it past the algorithm in my head and said, okay, if I was putting the lineup together, this is what it would, what it would be. And then I sort of validated against what the spring training lineups are mm. end of last season lineups are mm. um, I made a couple of a little bit, little adjustments. Let's just say I felt a lot better about putting Kepler high, low in the lineup, whatever it later in the uh, in the batting order. Um, once I, I did that, well, that's an interesting one. Let's let's start let's start with Minnesota, as because because you I mean you don't worry, dear listeners. He says that a lot. <laughs> you just teed it right up, right? So let me tell you what the algorithm returns. So the algorithm uh-huh. highly uncertain, but it tells you Kepler one, Buxton, Polanco. Ursula at four, which is interesting. Correa at five. Sano at six. Sanchez, Larnak, Jeffers. Actually, I like the end of the lineup. <laughs> like, I buy the seven, eight, nine. <laughs> I buy the six, seven, eight, nine. I, I, I think about this as, like, part of when I was putting this together, I was thinking about, like, what does the manager want yeah. the lineup to be? Because the manager really wants it to be Buxton, Polanco, Correa, Sanchez, Sano, Urshela, Kepler, Kirilov, Arise. Yeah. I have Arise, Jeffers, whatever, Kirilov versus um, Larnock, fine. But if, if Buxton is number one, that means that he's A, healthy, yeah. and then B, that he's not striking out all the time that he's getting on base. Like that's what you that's what you want at number one. Kepler yeah. means that this season is failing if he's <laughs> number one. Well, I, right, which is what happened last year. Yes, which is why you're basing it off of yes. That. Yeah. So the algorithm is the algorithm is not the lineups that I have are not aspirational. 
right? They're purely no. they're purely telling you what did happen. What about Atlanta? Why don't you tell us what you put in for Atlanta? Because I've got some bones to pick. I I understand. I'm just history, man. All right. So Acuna leadoff. Matt Olson, new new <laughs> newly acquired here. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, Austin Riley, Adam Duvall, Dansby Swanson. Eddie Rosario at number seven, Orlando Arcia at number eight, and Ozzy Albies at number nine. I know you don't like that. There's no way that Albies is going to be number nine. Uh, you can tell me that. I'll accept it. <laughs> um, I mean, it's but it's be- the- and that's the reason why you have that is because you have Acuna and Olsen both being more likely to be at one and two exactly. were the two spots where he was playing last exactly. year. So I will tell you, this is why I texted you before we set this up, like, are we considering Acuna? Because if you take Acuna mm-hmm. out of this, obviously this Albies is completely is different. Albies is number one, like, going away. There's no option. But but Acuna, just, he didn't spend that much time at two, right? He So the reason that Acuna has to go number one is that when he's in the lineup, right. He was leadoff. Yeah. 80 games. 80 games. He had one game where he, was, where he batted ninth. That was it. Mm-hmm. So if he's in the lineup, like, there's no track re- there's no precedent for him not batting first. But why? I, I don't, no, don't no, understand why. I don't agree would... with it either, but that's the thing that this algorithm picked up that I was like that's not at all what I would have done, right? Cuz if I sat down to write the lineup, I'd write it just like yours. Yours is great. <laughs> yeah, so I have it Albies, Acuña, Riley, Olsen, Ozuna, Rosario, Duvall, Swanson, and Darno. Yeah. And I would and you could just you could take up some die and just roll them for Azuna, Rosario, and Duvall to me. Yep. I mean, I think that would be probably matchup dependent and all that things. But I, I mean, geez, that lineup, if it was Albies, Acuna, Riley, Olsen, that would be dangerous. <laughs> that would be pretty darn dangerous. Yeah. I mean, it, it stings to lose Freeman, right? Because that's what we're that's what we're working around right now. But yeah, putting Olsen back in there, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, there, there again, this is the thing where we're like. Albies didn't play certain spots because he had Freeman yes, <laughs> sitting right. there. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's an interesting one. You want to do Pittsburgh for us? What do you got? Okay. Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, ben Gamble leads off for Pittsburgh. Cabrian Hayes, uh, Brian Reynolds, Yoshi Tsutsugo, Michael Chavis, Cole Tucker, O'Neill Cruz, Kevin Newman, Roberto Perez is what I've got. I, I let it I let it think about Alfred, but he, he didn't go. <laughs> he didn't and I, I let it I tried to let it do Vogelbach too. And it also didn't do Vogelbach. It didn't want Vogelbach. No. Huh. Eh. Well. I, I have no I mean this is gonna be real interesting to see who gets in there. Um so I had Hayes, Reynolds, how do you pronounce that? Sutsugo, I think. Sutsugo. Gamel. Didn't realize he was still in the league. Vogelbach, Cruz, Alfred, Perez, and Newman. I mean, it's so bad if Ben Gamel is your cleanup hitter. <laughs> I mean, well, welcome to Pittsburgh. I mean, I have Ben Gamel as the leadoff hitter, so I don't really know what I can, you know, <laughs> people that live in glass houses, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's not a. We have I don't know on Sasugo, uh, but like that would be Hayes, Reynolds, Sasugo, one, two, three would be kind of interesting. There's stuff to like. I mean, the, okay. Here's what I really don't know, because you got base. I got basically no information on where O'Neill uh, Cruz should play. I 
Yeah, because he he I'm only very he only started in, he only started in two games, so he only had in the algorithm he that I designed he only had two possible slots, and they're six and seven. <laughs> so it's like, well, I don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, he's right. gonna end up there. The the Cabrian Hayes thing is interesting because he didn't lead off last year. It, well, he he did kind of eighteen games at leadoff, sixty nine games at uh, second, and then one at third, one and fourth. So. All over the place. I mean, but that was sort of like, didn't they have like a pretty steady one through four and then the trade happened and then everything went haywire? Yeah. I mean, they actually are, right? Because they had Adam Frazier leading off for 91 games and then they traded Frazier. (laughs) So, uh, but the the algorithm was actually pretty confident relatively. I mean, of the four teams that we're talking about, the most confident in this lineup for Pittsburgh. Like this would be a pretty, a pretty typical lineup. So I'll be curious to see. So when my lineup gets shoved out there, you're gonna be super upset. I am, but you know what? That's okay. Yeah, I guess. I guess we're just gonna do an over under on which lineup shows up. I know. First, I guess the, if ever. I guess the disappointment is that, like, that the disappointment is that we're gonna have to wait a few weeks to see which one of us is more correct on these. But yeah, 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 yeah. All right, last one. Yeah, we'll have to set up some convoluted count scoring system. No, I, like. I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. First time the lineup appears. First, I but there's got to be like we'll put let's put this in the uh, bet box. There's first time it shows up, whoever gets first time mm-hmm. gets a point. But then we should probably have like a half point for each of these being like the predominant spot at the end of the season. Yeah. Yes. So let's get yeah let's get into Boston. All right. So Red Sox, Enrique Hernandez. This is our most similar one, I think. Uh, Enrique Hernandez number one, Trevor Story number two. Good acquisition. JD Martinez number three, Xander Bogarts four. Rafael Devers, five. Don't love that. Alex Verdugo, six. Bobby Dalbeck, seven. Christian Vasquez, eight. Bradley, Jackie Bradley Jr., nine. Come on. So, yeah, I mean, you can't have... It's really hard with J.D. and, and Devers. Cause yes. We, ca- we kind of know. The model knows because it looked at the data from last yes. year. I know from watching the, the Red Sox games, they want to have Xander fourth. For yes. whatever reason. Yes. Because he's actually not really a good enough hitter to be one through three. But he's still good enough and important enough in the team that you don't want him later in the lineup. Yes. So he's going to be four. So then you have to decide what's going to happen with hitter number three. I, quite frankly, Rafael Devers is the best hitter on that team. I know. No, no, no. I, when, when he's hitting. I don't agree with you. I don't so, disagree with you. And I think, I think your lineup, which is my lineup, except swapping Devers and Martinez, <laughs> is... Is, yeah. is is a better one for the team overall. It's just not what they yeah. did last year. No, which, I, yeah, they they have got to have... They had Verdugo up there, too, which is I know. interesting. I know. Yeah, but I, th- this makes... On the hitting side, <laughs> adding Trevor Story is awesome. Yeah. No questions. Like, there's a little bit of question that we have about how, how we're going to do the batting order, but, like, let's be honest, old man JD is going to have to be number five. Yeah. And protecting Xander is going to only help Xander. That's going to be on the defensive side. <laughs> adventure. That's why it made more sense for you guys to sign him. I know. I know. You know, it's actually kind of surprising. Devers actually batted 50 games at cleanup. He got, they, they, yeah, they pushed every once in a while. They pushed 74 him. games. Yeah. At, I mean, Martinez last year, 104 games at third and the third slot and 36 at the fifth slot. And so this is just my my lineup is just playing the odds, purely playing the odds yeah. on them. I makes total sense. But I I mean, right. Okay, let me summarize. Gut check wise, 
all of your lineups make more sense than the ones the algorithm returned. <laughs> I think. <laughs> but but the algorithm was a automatic and is able yep. to is able to give us quantifiable distributions, so quantifiable likelihoods that a guy yep. hits in a like bats in a spot. And that's a thing that you can't assemble by like it would be really hard for us to assign percentiles to the odds that Brian Reynolds bats second every game. No. <laughs> right. No. So No. And what the other thing is like like you're saying, if you look at each one of these individually, I think that you have a better shot of like you you have a better shot of being like six out of nine of these are correct at the yeah. end of the season than the one or at some point in the season than what I have. But like I have a better shot of like actually putting together this is what a manager is going to do. Right. So the question is, what is useful for fantasy? Right. Because th- this is all fun and this is all you know well and good. But like, what do we what do we do with this? What's actionable in this information? Well, this is uh, like we've said. This is a tool for like when an injury happens, when a trade happens, shoving it in and see, taking a look and seeing what whether it makes sense. I think. Yeah. I, and then using it in automated routines yes. when we're trying to like figure out like okay how many how many plate appearances is this guy gonna have? Well, I, my guess would be that more often than not he will show up at. But that's where it ends up being even more useful is saying like, uh, you know, I don't know what the what are the ratios that, that you're saying? Three quarters of the time he's gonna show up at third, quarter of the time he's gonna. T- fifth mm-hmm. so about this many plate appearances over the season yep whereas like i you, i can't do that there's no multi-dimensionality to the data that i that i'm going to provide and yeah doing it ad hoc it's just too many numbers to keep track of so i i think there there is utility here um it'll be it'll be nice to to start getting some data i mean you you, you already said one secret ingredient which is including uh including spring training that i just haven't done yet <laughs> But mm-hmm. if I but if I could ingest uh, spring training data, there might be something interesting there, dude. There's a there's a lot of noise there too. Well, obviously there's a lot of noise, but if, again, part of this is checking like are any of these lineups feasible? <laughs> and some of, yeah. and some of these were starved for information. I mean, like again, Pittsburgh. What do you do when Adam Frazier is not there? We have 91 games with Adam Frazier as the leadoff guy last year. That's polluting <laughs> the data, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Like, what do we do with that? You know. What do you do? Yeah, without Freddie Freeman. What do yeah, you do? exactly. All of a sudden, you don't know who's going to hit there. Exactly. So yeah. I think this is a guide, useful for surprises. Again, as with so many tools, another way to look at the data and just be surprised like, huh, I would not have expected that that this guy batted there that many times last year. I think that brings us to the review session. Walker Bueller. He's been in the league way longer than I thought. I mean, simultaneously, yes and no, in the sense that like, I know he's been around for a while, but he's really been around for a while. He's been around for five seasons. They babied him. They babied him. Uh, but he, uh, he came in twenty three years old. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he got he's been babied for the last couple. His of years. career numbers are amazing. Okay, so twenty twenty one, sixteen wins, two point four seven ERA. He started thirty three games, which is all you can ask for. Two hundred seven point two innings pitched, two hundred twelve strikeouts. That's productive and a zero point nine seven WHIP. I mean, I see why he was going three, right? Because we talked about this last week. Like, should we talk about Scherzer? Walker Buehler's going before him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's got, especially TGFBI. Yeah. You know, I, but, I don't know. It's a little bit of the people zigging instead of when other people are zagging. Sure. But, 
Yeah, no, yeah. I've, I. But this has sort of been the last couple of years. We've we've talked about him a little bit, and then it's like, is, can we talk about him yet? Because he'd be like, wouldn't they wouldn't quite put him into the place to be the two hundred inning well, guy? It's amazing. They finally, it's did. amazing on they a Dodgers team. Year. On a Dodgers team that he got thirty three starts. I mean, that tells you about how fragile yes. the rest of their lineup is, <laughs> more than yeah. anything else. Yeah, they had, they finally needed to get everything that they could out of him, and it, it you know, it worked. I mean, right? So career-wise, he he's pitched 573 innings in his whole career, and 207 of those were last year. So I guess the nagging, the first immediate question is: Should we worry about workload? Should we? Should we think? Do you think? I'll ask directly. Do you think he's going to pitch 200 innings this year? Yes. Okay. I think he is. Okay. I'm I'm going to go under. If I put it at 200.5, are you going to go over? Yeah. Yeah, I'll okay. go over. I'll go under. I'll do it. I'll go over. Okay. They got to. He's got to put those innings in for them to have a chance. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, but, man, do you... What do you think? David Price is going to do that? <laughs> last year's... We'll, we'll flip-flop on last year's argument. Uh, All right. I mean, man, do I love looking at these 2021 MLB percentile rankings on StatCast for Walker Buehler. It's just a sea of red. Oh, they're good. <laughs> they're good, yeah. Yeah, I know. He's, and then you watch a video, and it's just like everything looks well, right. You, but uh-oh. but uh-oh. one thing, you know, that we've said about, that we've said, the, the mound presence, this is like, this is like a kid. This is, he, he is the, a kid. The intimidation factor is not there, like. Garrett Cole, kind of like on the edge, big, yeah, <laughs> you know, big, bigger guy, yeah, but still kind of on the edge. Scherzer, that's yeah. As I said, I was surprised that he wasn't taller. He's a tall yeah. guy. He takes up a lot of space, and there are a lot of pitchers these days that are pretty big, pretty intimidating. Like Lance Lynn, holy yeah. moly, <laughs> get a little I nervous. Know. Lance Lynn, jeez. <laughs> but Walker Bueller. Looks like a wiry kid. He he really does look like a kid. I mean, he's twenty seven. He's not a kid. No, but he really he really looks like one. He does look like one. Baby face. I mean, I do like seeing Vanderbilt boy. You know, I I like scrolling through to try and find him throwing a curve, right? Because his curve is ninety first percentile in spin, and that pitch has motion on it. It is. It, it is, is a dirty I mean, pitch. I love that. I mean, not exactly Cole Hamels, but <laughs> we can't all be Cole Hamels. I mean, Cole Hamels, another guy with mound presence for a different reason. It's just a beautiful yeah, man. Just, oh, just, wow! Just stunned. He's also he's also got right hand, just the right handed curveball. Just never quite the same thing as a le- lefty throwing in there. Wow, that's. <laughs> but I like. I mean, what? Okay, things that I do like about Walker Buehler: whole pitch arsenal. Right, not a big mm-hmm. percentile, not a big percentage changeup guy. Working his fastball mostly, fastballs cutters, but he mixes in that curve and slider, and good contrast on the velocities. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the yeah he he can he's got the toolkit and he can um, he can solve the puzzle of a hitter, yeah. right? Well, that's that's I'm reading this baseball <laughs> book which has like hundred top hundred players and it was talking about Mike Mussina. Oh. Mike Mussina, like he would he'd get to an at bat and he was like, "This is a puzzle to solve. How do I strike this guy out?" Like even when he didn't have the best, he had good stuff yeah right yeah yeah but even when he didn't have his best stuff he it's like solve the like okay i have to go in when out i'm gonna over knuckle curve you know and that's like you kind of see walker bueller is like figuring it out when he's pitching he doesn't have the same i don't think that he has the same like clayton kershaw kind of like this stuff is going to get you out no but he's got a good he's got a good toolkit 
he can solve the puzzle of each batter. I just hope he I hope he's getting good external coaching, right? Because I just don't trust the Dodgers with pitchers. They just don't seem to know what they're doing. Well, in a fantasy sense, they don't. Um the the pitchers end up showing up yeah, okay. at the times when they're needed. And they have a lot of money that they're throwing around, so they're able to subsidize the regular five with another you know it's basically like a pitcher and a half that they they kind yeah. of bring in there with the relievers yeah. and the average once in a while going to the six-man rotation thing so in i think for for fantasy it sucks <laughs> yeah 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 but i i think for these actual pitchers for their for their health and their ability to actually like each one of them they're they're planning to play to, to october well I mean, look, I, I actually, despite the fact that I'm taking the under, I want to be wrong because I like seeing Walker Buehler. He's a good pitcher. He's a fun guy to watch. Uh, twins don't have to really face him. So, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. knock yourself out, yeah. Walker. <laughs> no, I feel that way too. There's some of these NL pitches. It's like, yeah, no, you do great. Yeah. You do good things. Have a good season, Strike man. everybody out. Yeah. You, good luck to you. I don't care. I think Tony Quinn. It's like, I love Tony Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> Never had to face him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah okay well yeah so we want we want walker Bueller to succeed you think that he's gonna be terrible this year i think he's gonna do really well <laughs> i um, think i i think you also hate that the dodgers coddle their well pitchers. i do hate that but i i think that uh if you're drafting him number three or number four overall i think he's gonna return that value so uh, oh you do yeah i do he, see because i would kind of say the opposite thing no. it, i would kind of say the thing of like if you're pitch, taking him third or fourth overall i think that you're ta- doing Doing yourself a disservice. Well, I, I mean, remember that... It, third or fourth pitcher or third or fourth, third or fourth overall? pitcher. So remember, okay. I slide yeah. the pitching way down. I mean, I think if I was yeah, drafting yeah. him overall, I'm looking at like 18 20. to 20, right? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, is, is sort of where I would target taking him. But I think if you're there and thinking about a pitcher, it's fine. Walker Buehler's, Walker Buehler's fine. Mm-hmm. He's... he's of the of the top flight guys, I think he's relatively safe to return that value. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's going to hit 200 innings, but a guy can be super valuable at 190. Yeah, he could probably get he could probably do 195 and still come back with 210 yeah. strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, he's more safe than the than the elder statesman gentlemen that are ahead of him for like you know freak injury. I would say. It's okay, I'm knocking on wood right now, but I mean, I think <laughs> I don't know why you would say that. Well, I, well, especially I have no shares. We're going to talk about and <laughs> who are we going to talk about next week? We didn't jinx him. Next week, we're going to talk about Jake Degrom. We did nothing wrong. <laughs> we <laughs> talk about freak injury himself, uh, Jake Degrom. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages to fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too. Yeah!